the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, 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 my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas, on this beautiful June 22nd, Saturday. I'm on KLUP 930 AM, The Answer, folks. Welcome to the show. We've got uh, lots of updates and news and commentary on that news uh, regarding illegal immigration and other things, fake news as well. Uh, We also have a couple of very, very good um, uh, interviews, uh, one with Jason Jones, who is our uh, resident border crime uh, expert, and he's going to be giving us some um, some uh, information about what is going on with uh, responding to the crime. Well, the crime on the border, as well as wh- how our state and our nation is uh, responding to it. And then we also have Mr. Jonathan Signs, who's the president of Texas Values, and Jonathan and uh, Texas Values have been very very active in two fronts uh, on the cultural wars here in Texas. And uh, he uh, is going to be chatting with us about uh, the Chick-fil-A legislation uh, that uh, the state just passed, uh, which has a lot of of the progressives and the liberals just fit to be tied, as well as he's going to be talking to us about um, a a pro-life legislation also that passed, uh, which also has them in a tizzy. Uh, So uh, we've got those folks. Uh, Jason Jones and Jonathan Sines. I hope you'll stick around for their for for that uh, for those two interviews. In the meantime, let's go ahead and jump into the immigration news. Uh, we've got lots of it, so um, let me go ahead and start with seven illegal aliens are planning on suing the Border Patrol over the conditions at the uh, in the detention centers. If you can imagine, it has gotten so ridiculous, my friends. It's gotten so ridiculous. This reminds me a lot, and I think that they are following the same pattern uh, because progressives learn from each other they're following this the illegal aliens uh and their attorneys are following the same pattern that um, that prisoners in the united states have followed where uh, where they petition that uh, that the conditions in prisons are are terrible that they're inhumane well it is a prison you know that's why we try to avoid going to prisons because it, it's not supposed to be a uh, a a a place uh, a vacation place you know it's not supposed to be a resort uh these people have arrived uh, at our shores, uninvited, and uh, they've broken illegal. They've broken our immigration laws, and now they want uh, they want resorts. They want uh, to be kept in. Uh, here's an idea: Why don't we just deport them back to their country? You know, why don't we just deport them rather than uh, than uh, worry about the detention center or the detention conditions? Uh, how about that? Also, when this is a uh, a positive. Uh, uh, something that's happening positive, uh, it, Mexico has detained nearly. 800 illegal aliens on their side of the border over in uh, at near the near the Central American uh, uh, border uh, with Guatemala. And uh, they uh, seem to be doing something. Uh, last uh, Saturday, uh, they showed a little bit more evidence that they're stepping up their efforts to curb illegal alien illegal immigration as it crosses their border, uh, which makes it a little bit uh, harder for these people, these caravans to reach uh, our border. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that, but uh, it, it seems to be progressing. It seems to be. It seems to be progressing. We will t- keep our our uh, fingers crossed. Also, also here in San Antonio, and this is typical. I mean, this is this is so typical of fake news, the agenda, and how fake news covers uh, for illegal immigration for their for their liberal progressive agenda. Um, Fox News. Uh, here in San Antonio, discovered uh, in a report, discovered that uh, a local organization, in fact, I think it's the largest local organization that deals with uh, immigrants, that deals with illegal aliens. It's called Raices. Uh, it's a nonprofit organization that helps illegal aliens. 
in some cases with taxpayer funding, city taxpayer funding, which in, in my opinion is against, against the law, against the state law. But uh, that's what they do. At any rate, they have put out a warning in a uh, flyer uh, to the Congolese that were here or that are here. They have put out a warning not to talk uh, to um, immigration and customs enforcement folks, to be careful about their interaction with ICE. You know, uh, it, amazing, amazing. Rather than, than helping these people to be law-abiding citizens in a foreign country, they are seeing, seeding, uh, they, are, they are sowing the seeds. Raices is sowing the seeds of doubt, confusion, and even fear of law enforcement. That's what they're doing, my friends. That is so wrong. That is just so. That's Raices. That is Raices. This is uh, once when I had a, a debate with Raices's executive director, and I can't remember the guy's name, but he literally blamed the United States for illegal immigration. He blamed he blamed the history of the United States, the historical involvement of the United States in Central America for all these people and their poverty. No, 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 no. Let's stop blaming the United States. Let's stop blaming the taxpayer. Let's blame these nations, their culture, their politics. Let's blame them for not being able to progress. That's who we should blame. Not us. We haven't done anything to hurt them, you know. So, uh, you know, it, it was very, very interesting. The other thing that's very interesting in this story is that um, uh, a, a, uh, a citizen here in San Antonio that saw the story on Fox News called uh, Raices and called one of the local uh, rags, uh, I'll use that, that term, one of the local liberal rags, uh, news items, news uh, uh, papers, and uh, asked them why uh, they had an investigator to check into this issue of uh, Raices passing out misinformation. Their response was that they didn't, they would, they considered it an opinion piece and they were not uh, interested in following up on opinion pieces. So in other words, in other words, it is an opinion not a fact that the local that that uh, the this Raices group was passing out misinformation. It, it's not an opinion. It's a fact. But apparently anything that they disagree with, my friends, anything that they disagree with, that the liberal news disagrees with. That's an opinion. That's an opinion. Amazing. Amazing. Another thing that has uh, shocked and sent uh, absolute uh, anxiety through a lot of folks around here is that uh, Trump. Um, uh, has vowed that he is going to uh, start mass arrests and removals of illegal aliens. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, folks, it's high time that we did that. I mean, what is the response to mass illegal immigration if it's not mass deportation? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, You tell me. If, If mass illegal immigration is not responded to by mass deportation, then, uh, you know, we're like, we're like the, uh, the folks stuck in a, in a sinking ship and all we're doing is bailing water while water, water comes in. We're not getting anything. We're not getting anywhere. So I support the president. And I think, you know, I think we may still uh, end up uh, suffering this, this situation, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Otherwise, also, also, the governor of New York, Mario Cuomo, uh, the great progressive uh, state of New York, they uh, are going to, they sign, he signed a bill that's going to let uh, illegal aliens uh, receive driver's licenses in the state of New York. He's going to be, he is literally rewarding illegal immigration by providing state driver's licenses to these uh, illegal aliens. Amazing. So uh, I, I'm, I'm just curious how the rest of the states are going to react to this. Are they going to recognize these driver's licenses when these clowns, these characters these illegal aliens come into their community. I mean, if they cross over into Pennsylvania, if they cross over uh, in, into uh, uh, Delaware, uh, are, 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 you know, or Connecticut, uh, are they going to respond? Are they going to recognize them? We have uh, one um, uh, uh, cl- county clerk in New York, uh, in Erie, Erie County, that has, uh, that has gallantly, in my opinion, uh, said that he is not going to violate federal law by giving illegal aliens driver's licenses. So that we'll see how that works out. We'll see how that works out. But uh, thank you, Mario Cuomo, for confusing and making things worse, for undermining the Constitution of the United States. Thank you very, very much. As we mentioned a little while ago, uh, that President Trump is talking about uh, the deep mass deportation of folks. Uh, it's already happening. A lot of folks are uh, starting to leave and are starting to be uh, sent back across the border. And um, Mexico... 
uh, is starting to uh, to uh, suffer and see the consequences of all of these illegal aliens that they allowed to go through Mexico in the first place. Uh, in, uh, for example, in Ciudad Juarez, which is right across from El Paso, uh, they've seen, uh, according to uh, Mexican officials, as many as 70,000 illegal aliens in the United States are expected to be sent to Ciudad Juarez. More than 200 illegal aliens were deported last Thursday, uh, uh, doubling the amount of deported uh, from the day before. So uh, Mexico is going to be start. It's going to start suffering. And AMLO, their uh, uh, Lopez Obrador, the um, president of Mexico, is starting to fe- feel the, the heat that he created. He created this monster by letting these uh, e- these caravans through his country, and then claiming very gallantly that uh, these were the problems of uh, this. Uh, the illegal immigration was the problem of the United States. Well, guess what, AMLO? Now it's your problem as the United States begins to shut down the border and send these people across. This doesn't mean that we're getting anywhere, you know, near where we need to be as far as stopping illegal immigration. But let me tell you, my friends, Mexico is getting the word and they're starting to react to it. You know, they created this this uh, uh, mess by looking the other way when all these caravans were going through. Now, uh, these folks are being dumped back across, uh, deported back across the border. And uh, Mexico is going to have to deal with it. And they're in a panic. They're in absolute panic on another front. Regarding the politics, the pre- presidential politics that are going on here in here in uh, the United States, um, the ridiculousness, the absolute ridiculousness of Julian Castro, who used to be the mayor of San Antonio, stating and 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 uh, just I mean just flat lying about the crisis on the border. He claimed he claimed uh, this past week uh, that uh, specifically on Wednesday he claimed on Wednesday that. Um, the uh, border crisis that the border rather that the border is as secure as it has ever been. That's what he said. That's what he said. This man is delusional and pandering and he's a political liar. That's what he is. He's a pandering political liar. Uh, I, you know, you know what, what gets to me is that when he said that the uh, media, the, the liberal media doesn't challenge him on it, just didn't challenge him on it. They let him get away with it. So here he makes this ridiculous comment that the border is secure, as secure as it's ever been, and, and the media doesn't say anything about it. The media refuses to challenge him, my friends. You know, this is, this is, this is the height, in my opinion. This is the height of, uh, of, of ridiculousness, of, of, of what we call fake news going hand-in-hand hand with liberal progressive lies. This is what this is a classic example. Julian Castro claiming that the border is secure and the and the media not not reacting, not responding, not challenging him. You know, even the San Antonio Express, particularly the San Antonio Express, the liberal San Antonio Express, as well as all of the liberal, uh, all of the news media, the news reporters here in San Antonio. Not a word. And of course, the Spanish speaking uh, news media didn't say anything as well. My friends, we're going to go ahead and take a break, and uh, we're going to come back with the um, with our two guests, and uh, then we'll do some wrap up at the end of our show uh, regarding uh, other news items. And uh, I hope you'll stay with us. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of of Texas, on KLUP nine thirty AM, The Answer. Call your friends. Tell them to join us. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And uh, we've got a guest with us, a very special guest with us, Mr. Jonathan Sines. Uh, And Jonathan, uh, I believe, is the executive director of uh, Texas Values. I think I've got uh, your your title correct, Jonathan. Welcome to the show. Tell us about Texas Values and what is it that you guys do? Well, George, it's great to be with you. Texas Values is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We're the largest organization in Texas that works on the issues of faith, family, and freedom. And we do that in three arenas, the courts, the legislature, and the media. And unfortunately, we're in a state, even in Texas, 
where religious freedom and our family values are under attack like never before. People want to use the government to punish people of faith, of traditional values. But whenever those issues come up or there's a challenge or an attack on those values, particularly by the government, Texas Values is there to stand in the gap. You guys have been very, very active uh, the past uh, six months in uh, in particular uh, with the not only with the legislation, but also the situation here in San Antonio with this Chick-fil-A case. I want to I want to ask you about those two things, the the um, the state legislation with uh, regards to the uh, born what is born uh, infant protection uh, act or what right, it, the, that's right. The Born Alive Infant Protection Act. Tell us about that, because while um, other states like uh, New York are uh, celebrating, uh, well, I guess, uh, infanticide. I mean, I hate to put it in any other terms. I'm not sure exactly how you can call it, what else you can call it. But while they're doing that, we seem to be going the other way. Tell us about this legislation. Sure. And people can find more details about it at TXValues.org after the program as well, if they want a little more details. But, you know, look, George, I've been blessed and honored to be involved in the pro-life movement if you will, for over two decades, really actually going back to when I was in high school. And so, and look, I was born in 1973, you know, so people in my generation understand what it's like to have grown up under Roe versus Wade. But over the years, we've seen people become more pro-life and we've seen people at least realize there should be limitations on abortions and there should be some protection of life. And so, but, so it was shocking earlier this year when we saw the governor and, and government leaders in New York and Virginia express either by legislation or in media interviews that even if a child is born as a result of a failed abortion, that they might not receive some type of protection. And I think a lot of people almost had to hear it two or three times because they couldn't believe that you've got people serving in government that are confusing the abortion issue for what happens to a child after they're born. And so because of that, Texas wanted to make it clear. We did some investigation, and you know, it seemed like the state law didn't allow for children to uh, have their life taken after an abortion attempt failed and the child was born. But just to make sure that it was clear and to make sure that there was a punishment in place if anyone thought that this was okay, the uh, Texas Born Alive Infant Protection Act was passed, House Bill 16, with bipartisan support. But interestingly, in the House, there were, the majority of Democrats actually, in one way or another, showed their opposition to this. I, it's just as hard to understand that people would think, even after the child is born, that the doctor could still have the right to end that child's life. So this would, I mean, literally, it would be that the child, um, a human being, would be born as a result of a botched uh, procedure, uh, and then they would allow it to die? I mean, I, I, I'm trying to understand that. Uh, no, absolutely. And, and, you know, I worked on a court case that dealt with some of these issues before. And so what we found in the medical file of the little boy that we were representing uh, when I did some legal work on this issue at the U.S. Supreme Court, um, the doctor put in a note in this child's uh, file, and it said comfort care only. And so what they do when it's comfort care only, they wrap a blanket around the child. They supposedly keep the child warm and just leave them there to die. I mean, it's unconscionable. Uh, but apparently some people think that's okay, but not in Texas. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that's amazing, and I, I applaud you guys for for fighting for that poor child. Let me let me ask you about the other big issue that uh, you guys have been involved with, and that is the uh, and it's right here in our backyard in San Antonio, the Chick Fil A case. Uh, dissect that for us. What was this all about, and how did uh, you know what has what has happened since? Well, let me be clear about two things at the beginning. I'm fifth-generation Texan. If there are two things that we don't mess with in Texas, that's Chick-fil-A and our religious freedom. And so when we found out that the city of San Antonio had voted to ban Chick-fil-A from opening up a store at the airport and then made several statements making it clear that they did it based on their religious views or religious donations and charitable donations that Chick-fil-A gave to entities like Salvation Army and Fellowship of Christian Athletes, we went right into action. And, and look, I, I was surprised and very concerned, but not completely shocked because we've seen a trend of groups that are LGBT activists that they are pushing the government to punish people of faith because of their views on sexuality and marriage that are biblically based. And so Chick-fil-A is a Christian-owned company, even though they don't do a lot of stuff politically. I think people think, oh, well, this is a group, if we're able to hurt them, we'll get a lot of attention. 
but they picked with the wrong chicken company, if you will, and, and fast food company because people are very loyal to Chick-fil-A. They do a great job. And people started to say, wait a minute, why is the government getting involved in their business? I thought we wanted the government out of private businesses when it dealt with these type of issues, uh, but not so for the city of San Antonio. But we were in the middle of the legislative session when this happened, and we had a piece of religious freedom legislation that was really close to this issue. So we ended up really molding it in a way to make sure it related to the Chick-fil-A issue and others. And so Senate Bill 1978 was passed, but before that, we did a lot of work to educate people about the issues. As a matter of fact, I was about to get on a plane flying to Dallas, where they do have a Chick-fil-A in their airport, and I sent a text message to Ted Cruz, state director, and other people. They put out a statement very quickly. We sprung into action. We had a safe Chick-fil-A day at the, the Texas Capitol uh, in April, right before the council voted on this twice. And then we got involved in some of the election-related issues. And so in a variety of ways, because we have a lot of supporters and friends and family in the San Antonio area, and we know it matters. You know, if, if Texas can stand strong for religious freedom, other states will notice. And Chick-fil-A has been attacked in other states. But look, you don't have to be Chick-fil-A. If you own a business, if you're involved in a church, if you want to protect donations to charitable organizations, which includes churches, you're protected by Senate Bill 1978, the Save Chick-fil-A Bill. And that's a good thing for all Texans. Now, you know, to this situation that occurred, Chick-fil-A did not discriminate in any form or fashion in its serving to people. They served everybody. And they hired and paid everybody the same wage. The discrimination that was claimed by the um, by the uh, city council of San Antonio was related to them being Christian. Uh, what uh, I mean, how how can they, How is that defensible? I wonder. Well, look, you're, and your point is well taken. I mean, it's un, it's unconstitutional what the city council did because they're discriminating, punishing. They're keeping Chick Fil A from being able to bid to be a vendor in the San Antonio airport. So the San Antonio airport is controlled by the government, but it's also controlled by the federal government as well. And so that's not true for every airport, but many of them are that way. And so Chick-fil-A is not going to find themselves in this situation a whole lot, but it's enough to matter. And if we allow certain markets, certain places like government airports and so on, to be able to engage in this type of discrimination, it's going to get out of control. We've seen there's a story about this happening in Miami, we saw in over in California, a couple of cities want to do something. Something happened in Buffalo. We had an intern from our organization found 12 incidents on different types of places where people are trying to take action against Chick-fil-A. And so you're right. It's unconstitutional. The problem is you got members of the government and city, San Antonio City Council. They essentially want to rewrite what the Constitution says and what the First Amendment says because they think, oh, these are kind of new issues. And if you're not pro-LGBT, you must be anti-LGBT. And that violates the Constitution, so we can take away your First Amendment rights because of that. But, you know, without something specific in state law that says, no, this is how the First Amendment is interpreted and enforced, you're going to see more government officials think that they can get away with it. Now, here's the fact of the matter. If San Antonio continues to do what they did uh, earlier this year, they will be violating clearly established state law. And that brings with it consequences. The uh, the Supreme Court yesterday uh uh, ruled on the issue of the uh, up in Washington of uh, the cake sale. Do we have anything uh, similar to that in Texas right now? Well, we don't have a live case in that regard, but we have had a cake baker that had um, some controversy against her, and she was threatened that her store was going to be burned down by some LGBT advocates out in East Texas. She testified at the Texas Senate on this issue. But you know what I hear from a lot, George, is people call and message us, and they just say, you know what, we're just going to get out of this business because we're afraid that we're going to end up in court. We're afraid we're going to get driven out of business. We're afraid that we're going to be attacked in some type of way. But that is no way for us to respond to this. That it, We shouldn't have our business climate um, really driven down and punished or hurt because people on, on the other side of the issue, these LGBT advocates, think that they can use the government this way. And it's not constitutional. To your point, the decision yesterday for the Sweet Cakes uh, by Melissa court case is now going back to, to the state court on this issue because the Supreme Court said, hey, we think you might have got it wrong because we do have a U.S. Supreme Court case now from Colorado that says if the government punishes you and tries to force you to put out a message from your business supporting things that go against your conscience rights, even if it relates to the issue of marriage, that's unconstitutional. The government's not allowed to do that. And so this case 
uh, Sweet Cakes by Melissa case started before the Colorado case. And so now they've got to take that into consideration. And we'll see how that turns out. But it's just more evidence. I think the courts are saying, you know, this is not about whether someone has a right to love someone. This is about whether or not you're forcing someone to put out a message that they don't agree with. Those are two separate issues. Yep. I think, uh, you know, I would like to have state legislation or federal legislation that forces everybody to like me you know that's uh that's that sounds that sounds logical doesn't it well you know we know george i like you even if the government is not forcing me (laughs) thank you jonathan jonathan tell the folks uh how they can uh how they can follow texas values and where they can find you guys look if you go to our website txvalues.org you'll find more information about our work we do have the largest social media presence in the state on faith, family, and freedom, but that's not to say that there aren't still people that have not heard about us or want to get more familiar with our work. Um, we've got people all around the state that are involved in what we do. We've got supporters in all 254 counties, but we know that there are thousands of people that we still have not touched. That's the way that we get things done. That's the way that we stand together and stand for faith, family, and freedom in Texas. So TXValues.org is the website. Thank you very much for coming on the show, and we got to get you back on to give us periodic updates of what is happening with Texas values uh, and uh, and our, you know our, our the defense of our of our freedoms and liberties. Thank you very much, Jonathan. All right, God bless you, George. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got uh, our good friend and uh, guest, regular guest now, uh, Mr. Jason Jones. And Jason is uh, uh, a uh, former state uh, patrol or, or Texas patrol. Uh, what, what, what were they called? De- what are you called? What were they called? Uh, de- Retired captain from Texas DPS. DPS, Public Department Public of Public State Safety. Intelligence and Counterterrorism Division. You got it, buddy. Uh, and uh, Jason has been down to the to the uh, border, um, and uh, I wanted to get get an update from him as to what he's seeing on the border, uh, as far as the security aspects of of uh, law enforcement and uh, the safety of our of our state and our nation. Jason, welcome to the show. Tell us, what is going on? Well, George, thanks for having me back. It's good to be here. I, uh, I'll i tell you, I just got back. I was down in Roma, Texas, uh, just Saturday, two days ago, and uh, spent the day down on the water um, all day with Border Patrol, following those guys around from just one chaotic scene to the next. Now, when you um, talk about water, you're talking about the, on the river, right? On the river itself, yeah. And so kind of just to, to catch everyone up, it, um, when you're down in McAllen area, uh, the border wall ends in an area known as Panitas, Texas. It's a little small community right on the water there at the Rio Grande River. And from Panitas up to Roma, Texas, is ground zero for criminal activity uh, from the Gulf Cartel, where they control our side of the border and they have phones and lookouts everywhere. And the reason that area, it's about a 40-mile stretch, and the reason that area is ground zero uh, for the largest intelligence collection effort by a criminal organization anywhere in the United States against U.S. law enforcement is because in that area, that's where they can still smuggle drugs, they can still smuggle special interest aliens, and they can still move money and uh uh, weapons south and north at our border. And so they use those phones on our side. And I was absolutely, I will tell you, just stunned. Uh, I, was, I not only was on the water, but I also flew it in a helicopter. And what I saw was the, the largest failure of operational uh, enforcement that I've seen since working the border starting in 1999 when I was stationed in El Paso. And to kind of just update you what I mean by that is that we have pulled so many Border Patrol agents off the line between the ports of entry that the number of people crossing was truly something, George. Uh, I've never experienced anything like that uh, in all my years down there. Uh, in addition, though, Texas DPS was nowhere to be seen, where historically 
going back to 2014, we've been conducting almost 24-7, 365 operations in support. And from what I'm understanding, they're having some funding issues that have crept up here in just the last few weeks that's affecting that. So literally when I tell you that all I saw on the water was one Border Patrol boat for 40-plus miles, along with one small Texas Parks and Wildlife boat that just floated by. I saw zero helicopters doing any enforcement action. And to me, that was stunning because one of the things that the cartels will tell you that they hate the most are the helicopters. They can't outrun them. They can't avoid them. And uh, when the helicopters in the, in, the, in the air, they shut down their movement. And they are extremely effective uh, uh, for counter-cartel operations. And for me not to see any of that um, and then to see Border Patrol agents so shorthanded apprehending literally hundreds of people. I mean, to give you an example, you can sit at the water's edge and the river there, kind of just, just to describe it, it, is very, it, it winds at every level. It's, it's winding back and forth. And to look over your left shoulder and see a boat, crossing with people in it and then to look over your right shoulder and to see a boat crossing and then border patrol just driving as fast as they can trying to keep up with this is it it was really stunning i was really surprised now this is this is the interesting aspect about it because uh i got into an argument this weekend with um uh, a liberal leftist who is very very pro uh immigration telling me that um you know these people uh, they're not really illegal aliens because as soon as they arrive, they 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 claim asylum. The fact is, though, that they are crossing illegally. I mean, uh, you know, the the whole idea is to cross <laughs> without without permission, not to declare asylum. Declaring asylum is a fact that is something after the fact, but they're entering illegally. Uh, do you see, I mean, do you see anything that uh, could help to deter all of these, uh, this, uh, this invasion? Well, when it comes to those that have the ability to claim asylum, um, the challenge, they are, they have the right to be here right now under the current system that we have. And so what, what is really happening down there is they don't want to wait in the long lines at the ports of entry to come through. So to speed that up, what they're being told by the cartel specifically, and we talked to some of them, is you just cross between, you pay the tax to cross um, with the boatman, and you, you walk straight to the closest Border Patrol agent you can find. And that's what they're doing. They're turning themselves in. On the criminal side of that, that is not what really bothers me. Don't get me wrong. There are a lot of secondary and third effects to the number of people that are crossing. But when you tie up assets operationally the way it is, the way this is working, and when law enforcement is not available to stop those who we should be really concerned about, which could be those who come from a special interest alien country who don't want to be apprehended, or just the sheer amount of drugs, I mean... George, I'm going to tell you, there is no law enforcement available down on the water between the ports of entry. What the cartels do down there, they conduct very coordinated operations, and they use two-way handheld encrypted radios that even our local law enforcement down there do not have and are not operating on an encrypted system, yet they're fighting a criminal organization that is. And these hakons are absolutely everywhere. So what they're doing is they're sending wave after wave of boats directly to Border Patrol containing these asylum seekers. Then the second wave they're pushing across are what they call runners. And then the third group that has comes right behind that, and sometimes with the second group, is drug, drug loads. And so those runners are the final breach so that if any Border Patrol agents or special mission teams are still on the ground, those runners take off running in order to ensure that the drug loads are getting through. So we have a whole criminal side that the American public and the people are not aware of that are occurring as a, as a result of the operational crisis. And so to answer your question as to how do we fix that, we fix it very simply through collaboration. And I know you've heard me talk about that, but we have a crisis at our southwest border. And the thing that bothers me the most is where are the other federal agencies? 
Where is the Department of Defense, and why are they not on the water helping Border Patrol? I mean, these are true officer safety issues down there. At one point, George, I saw over 100 people that were with four Border Patrol agents. Now, think of that. 100 plus and four agents. That's, that, that in and of itself is an officer safety issue. But that's what these great men and women are doing to help protect us. Now, you know, uh, it, one of the things that really amazes me is that um, people haven't started attacking, or maybe they have, and it's just not being reported, like many things are not being reported by the mainstream media. Um, you know, it, it could be very, very easy to overwhelm uh, the Border Patrol agents with uh, when they're so vastly outnumbered. I mean, it'd be very, very easy to overwhelm them. I mean... Uh, uh, isn't that a danger at this point? I mean, literally? Oh, it absolutely is. I, I Listen, this is exactly what I'm speaking out on. I couldn't agree with you more. I, I have such an admiration for those men and women and what they're going through right now. You know, the the heat has, has kicked in right now. So, you know, when I was down there, it was over 100 degrees that day with the heat index. And uh, they were getting 911 calls coming in for uh, people who had crossed. They had gotten lost. They couldn't move anymore, and they were doing everything they could to try to locate them. So not only are they apprehending people, but they're doing rescue missions at the same time, back-to-back. So it's going to get a lot more complicated this month uh, because of that, along with the heat that's coming in. But I am really concerned about the criminal aspect of this and what is getting through. Uh, Right now, the cartels are the ones that are benefiting the most, and those are the ones that the American people never hear about. Let me ask you real quick. Uh, we've only got a, another couple of minutes here. Um, the uh, the number of uh, of uh, Asians and Africans, folks from Asia and folks from Africa, that are starting to come in, large numbers. Um, how in the world are we able? Are we av- ever going to be able to uh, check their backgrounds uh, if there are no systems in place? Yeah, look, that's that's one of the big concerns that I have right now. You know. We have so many people moving north. So if you kind of look at our over-the-horizon approach, as we talk about, about the Darien Gap, different programs that our our country, along with other countries and host nations, do to try to limit the movement of special interest aliens and those people who have a ties to terrorism countries, and especially those who may be terrorists trying to come to our country. You know, we start working those tripwires way south. But what happens is, you know, those programs are only so large. And so as the numbers of people, as we're seeing, move north, those programs become inefficient. And then when we start apprehending these folks along our border, you know, many of them come from countries where they don't even have driver's license. There is no form of ID. There is no form of criminal uh, history checks to see what they've been involved in. So it takes time if they are apprehended even, to be able to go in and determine, you know, through investigative techniques and other things that I won't talk about publicly, are they a terrorist? Could they be associated with a a terrorist organization or here for some other, uh, you know, nefarious reason, including, you know, espionage for some other country? Right, right. I mean, it is a a very very big concern that we should all be looking at, particularly as things heat up with, with Iran and, and uh, their allies, Hezbollah. Uh, Jason, thank you. Thank you very much, as usual, for being on the show. Uh, tell the folks where they can uh, track you down and read more uh, uh, about you or how they can track you down. Yeah, sure. You can find me at jasonjones.com, J-A-E-S-O-N, jones.com. Thanks a lot, George. I appreciate it. You got it. Thank you. Hello, El Conservador listeners. If you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his internet website, elconservador.net. 
You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez El Conservador and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you're interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, we welcome you back. Uh, thank you uh, for listening to our program uh, today. Uh, l- let's finish up with this conclusion. Um, you know, folks, this situation with uh, with illegal immigration, with newcomers, that's how I'll put it, okay? Uh, we know they're illegal aliens. We know a good bunch of them are illegal aliens. We know that they're crossing and taking advantage of our uh, immigration laws, looking for the loopholes and using those loopholes against us. The fact of the matter is, my friends, that uh, this is all creating long-term problems for the United States, long-term problems for the United States, community relations problems for the United States. Uh, last week, we had um, we had um, the mayor of Uvalde, Don McLaughlin, uh, was on, and uh, he was telling us how he's fighting with the federal government because of the impact of illegal aliens, the migrants uh, that are passing through his uh, community, as well as the ones that are being released into his community. Uh, And there is a difference. The ones that are passing through uh, are the ones that are trying to avoid the law. And for what reason? Well, because they're illegally in the United States and in some cases because they're criminals. Heavens, for all we know, some of them might be terrorists. So uh, they avoid the uh, limelight. They avoid law enforcement, whether it's the Border Patrol or the police or whoever. They are they, they are slipping through. They are they are sneaking past. On the other hand, you've got these migrants, these folks that uh, are declaring asylum and are being given hearing dates and then they don't ever show up. These folks are flooding, are flooding our communities, my friends. They're flooding our communities. And we've got all these do-gooders, all these do-good liberal uh, organizations that are doing everything they can to help them. And that's, you know, fine. That's the Christian thing to do. However, you know, the fact of the matter is that they have taken advantage of loopholes. Most of them are fleeing. The vast majority of them are fleeing poverty, poverty. And poverty is not a reason for asylum. You know, poverty, I can understand that you want to move. I can understand that you want to leave. Uh, but poverty is not uh, a reason for asylum. Violence, violence, just plain violence is not. If you are being persecuted personally, if you are personally being persecuted because of your political beliefs, you know, that's one of the things that uh, asylum uh, fits. But these people are 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 politi- are not political uh, refugees. They are they are economic refugees. And so they are flooding. They are flooding our, our, our cities. Um, most the latest one is uh, Democrat mayor. And he is a Democrat, Bruno uh, Bruno Lozano from uh, Del Rio. He has been uh, criticizing the federal government and the lawmakers for failing to protect his border town. Now, this is a Democrat. You know, ironically, he should be his comment should be instead of directed towards uh, the uh, the Republican administration, he should direct it towards towards the uh, the Democrats, his fellow uh, Democrat and Latino, Julian Castro, who had the nerve to say that uh, there is no crisis on the border. How about directing it there or directing it at uh, at uh, folks like like Nancy Pelosi and others that are holding up that claim that there is that all of this is a manufactured. How about doing that? You know, this is this is the irony of this whole situation is how they pass the buck. You know, and things are getting worse, my friends. Things are getting worse. These uh, these folks, I'm sorry, my friends, these folks that are coming in, they're not well-educated. They are not well-vetted. 
They are not. Uh, I mean, the, these folks, are, we don't know what diseases they might be carrying. You know, there there is a very superficial health uh, inspection that is done to uh, uh, on them. We don't know. We don't know who they are. We don't know where they're coming from. And now they're coming from Asia and Africa. They're not coming just from Latin America. I mean, we already saw the problems that happened uh, with MS-13 gang members. And those folks were supposedly well vetted as they were coming across. Most of those MS-13 folks came came during the uh, Obama years when we had that flood, that initial flood of minors coming across. So if we had that situation then with MS-13, imagine what we're going to have in the future with these folks from Africa and Asia who are not being vetted. Imagine. Just think about it, my friends. Just think about it. Let's, uh, 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 another issue that's happening, my friends, is the violence that's beginning to happen on the border. Um, this past Friday, I believe it was, this past Friday uh, on the 20th, it was reported that a Browns van, uh, Brownsville guy, a Brownsville man was jogging along a levee on the American side, okay, on the Texas side. He was jogging along a levee. Uh, uh, a levy that's right there on the Rio Grande, and he was shot and killed. He was shot and killed. The bullet coming from guess where? Across the river in Mexico. And, And not only that, there is a video that shows just before him getting shot that shows a white pickup truck on the Mexican side with some folks with some guns. I mean, my friends... What is this open season or target practice on Texans on our side? We have already seen, we have already reported of how uh, Border Patrol agents have been attacked, have been shot at. Okay, now civilians are being shot. And you know what? What? uh, Two things here. Two things here. It's not being reported by the mainstream media. Heaven forbid that it's reported by the mainstream media. But uh, at the same time, what is our response to this? I mean, they shot down a drone, a mechanical drone in uh, the Iranians did in the Strait of Hormuz. What about these cartel people shooting Americans, killing Americans from across the river? What about that? How do we respond to that? You know, fake news, my friends, like Univision. And NBC, they're, they're, they're critical. Let me, let me give you two examples on, on how they, the, they completely either ignore, spin, uh, or attack the news. They're, 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 I, will, I will give you three, three examples, okay? First of all, Univision on the citizen question. Would you believe that this network has now joined actively? They have become an active participant in the legal challenge against the against the federal government asking the citizenship question they literally are legally involved they are legal plaintiffs in this whole situation now now this is supposed to be a news network that is supposed to be neutral and here they are taking sides not only taking sides they're they're taking part of the uh, in the lawsuit what's fascinating to this is how paradoxical and twisted it is that Univision calls their app opposition to the question. They call it stand up for Hispanic America. They conveniently overlook the fact that these illegal aliens are not Hispanics or Americans. Rather, they're not Americans. They conveniently overlook that fact. They also overlook the fact, of course, like I've already mentioned, that they are supposed to be uh, neutral on this matter. If they're going to be credible if they're going to be credible news organizations, uh, you know, but uh, there goes their credibility. Another another f- example of fake news. Another example of fake news. Uh, last Tuesday, um, last Tuesday, the 18th, uh, NBC reported that a majority. OK, this is their report that they they reported that a majority of Florida's Florida's Hispanic voters opposed Donald Trump. That's what they reported on Tuesday. OK, on Thursday, two days later, the Miami Herald, the newspaper in Miami, reported that Republicans are making inroads with Hispanics in Florida. OK, they reported that a large number of 
of Hispanics are siding with Trump on issues of illegal immigration and the economy. The two biggest things, the two biggest things, illegal immigration and the economy. And that he is being looked at very, very favorable, more favorable than any other president has been in, a, in, in recent times by Hispanics. So on one side, you got NBC saying that a, 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 a majority has, uh, Oppose Trump. On the other side, you've got the Miami Herald reporting, no, no, no. There is a uh, a very, very positive uh, response to Trump by the Hispanic community. So who are you going to lose? Who? I mean, again, this is nothing more than the, than the fake news, the liberal fake news, doing a spin, doing a spin for their convenience, for the for for, for the convenience of their own. Uh, uh, narrative. Finally, let me give you this last one. And this is this is another one that uh, has to do with illegal immigration. Um, Univision, who is probably the, the worst, the worst of the worst when it comes to fake news. Univision uh, has uh, worked hard at portraying, you know, Hispanics as unified, first of all, as being unified. But boy, they, they, they found a, 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 a poll, a Mexican poll, uh, which was put together by El Universal, a newspaper down in Mexico, that shows that um, uh, 61% of the Mexicans in Mexico are fed up with uh, illegal immigration. 61% of them are fed up with illegal immigration. That means all of these uh, Central Americans and Africans and Asians that are tramp- tramping through their, through, their, uh, through their city, through their uh, nation. So uh, what does uh, Univision do about that? It buries that story. It buries that story. Again, my friends, Univision, I mean, uh, remember Jorge Ramos, uh, how he provoked, he's tried to provoke the president. Uh, They, uh, I mean, you know, it's absolutely outrageous how this, how the news media behaves. My friends, once again, got to close. We'll talk to you next week. I hope that you will join us on Saturdays, 2 o'clock Central, here on KLUP 930 AM, uh, The Answer. And uh, tell your friends about it, my friends. Please share. feel free to share the program with everybody and anybody. Until then, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas, on KLUP 930 AM, Radio, The Answer. Take care. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.